This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Simon. I'm your other host, Lance Wackerly. How's it going there, Wackerly? It's all right. Dude, I feel like shit today. Seriously, I feel like ass. Yeah, I know. I'm going to call you D-Sniffles. <laughs> no, I, I kind of want to forewarn people right now that um, if I'm sniffling and snorting in the background, it's because I'm diseased right now. Not that I'm doing like crystal methamphetamine or something. You know how everyone always sees you with like a runny nose or they see you like, you know, sniffling or whatever. They think you have some kind of drug problem. Yeah, in the Bay Area especially. And usually that's a pretty good assumption. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like everyone at my office has like SARS or something. Like everyone has been sick the past two weeks. And, you know, I've just been kind of like, you know, I usually don't get sick that easily. And then just uh, today, the past couple of days, I've just been just dripping mucus out of my nose all day today. I must have sneezed like 250 times. It's because you work in an office, a big cubicle farm full of internet job, vegetarian little dweebs with no, just no, sedentary, immu- no immune system. <laughs> no, it's sedentary germ bags. Everyone yeah. just kind of sits there. They work long hours, and they just spread disease. I think that's what we do. Yeah, I mean, I could just imagine how many people I contaminated today. And really, you know, if you're if you're that sick, you should just go home. Yeah, you should. I should have. Well, I I couldn't. I just had too much shit to do. So I don't so know. So next week, you're saying I'm going to sound like you, dude. Yep, yeah, there's there's a good chance. Awesome. Dude. Well, uh, it's podcast forty one right here. Podcast forty one, and uh, yep, we're inching towards that uh, that podcast fifty landmark. But uh, one thing we've been putting off for the past couple weeks is. Um, this is uh, Wackerly's baby here, is the Oakland murder statistics. I mean, it's we've done some sundry articles on this show with murders in Oakland. I mean, there's just so much violence happening yeah. in this city. Well, and last, last week I did one in L.A. But a lot of people email us and ask us, like, so is Oakland really that dangerous? You guys make it seem really dangerous. And so finally we're like, okay, well, let's just get the facts. Let's get the statistics and figure out. How dangerous, how violent is Oakland compared to other U.S. cities? Right. So, so what would you uh, dig up here? Well, I, I will uh, claim uh, responsibility for this if everybody thinks it's boring, but I find it interesting. And I think uh, people it's who fascinating. aren't – Yeah, people who aren't from Oakland might be, maybe will find it interesting. What's the educational aspect of sick and wrong? <laughs> yeah. And I war- I'll warn you, D, that this information is from uh, – it's from 2003 and 2004 because that's the most recent I could find compiled into one place on the internet. But what, what's the current murder rate though? Because aren't we breaking records right now well, for this year, well, 2006? Curr- currently, we are at about one tw- – it's hard to say because every day it goes up. But I think we're somewhere in the range of 125 to 135 Probably around 130. I would so is that like a couple murders every other day? Well, like last that? year we had a hundred or some or so for the entire year. Uh, the 2004 they only had 83, so we're already just blowing that out of the water by like a hundred fifty percent markup. Well, it says we're aren't we on the rise right now? Like it's the highest oh, yeah, it's been in like ten said. years. 2004 it was a uh, it was 83, and now we're like at 125. To ride that rocket, I know. Yeah, but that's not really the important statistic. Because Los Angeles, in 2004, they had 518 murders. L.A. had 518 in 2004? But it's not a uh, significant number unless you compare it to the number of people. L.A. is... Per capita. Is gigantic compared to Oakland. So what I did is I boiled these numbers down to per 
murders per 100,000 people in the police jurisdiction. Okay. So, so Oakland, California, in 2003, that number, we had 26.8, let's say. We don't have to be too accurate here. No. <laughs> murders per 100,000 people. 26.8. So yeah, if you are in, you know, in a big concert or football game with 100,000 people in the stands, 28 of those people are going to die. That Sorry, 26.7. <laughs> in in 2004, it was uh 20.57. So, I would guess that right now we're probably at since we know we're at 130 or so, we're probably at 30 murders per 100,000 people. And we still have a couple more months left of the year, so um we might yeah. even beat that record. If you do those same numbers for LA, 13. 13 yeah. right now? Well, that was 2004, but it seems to say 2003 was 13.4, 2004 was 13.4. I think they've kind of leveled off their murder. So what's the most violent city in the U.S.? <clears throat> well, that's like, Where funny. does Oakland rank? Well, New York, everybody always thinks, is like kind of a scary place, right? They have seven. Just seven? Seven murders per 100,000 people. Did you know I blame that on uh, Giuliani for cleaning up that city? Chicago, 15. 15? Um, but here's the kicker. So Oakland, we're beating – we beat L.A., we beat Chicago, we beat New York. But uh-oh, the dark horse. Two dark horses. Detroit. Oh, de dude, there's no way we'd ever beat Detroit. <laughs> yeah, but everybody always talks bad about Detroit like it's this hellhole. But I kind of just thought it was a ghost town at this point. But no, in fact, it is still a complete hellhole. Detroit, 42.11 <laughs> murders per 100,000 people in 2004. <laughs> Now, the super dark horse, the town that nobody ever talks about. I don't even think people from other countries know this city exists. Baltimore. Baltimore? Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland? It's near Washington, D.C. D.C. doesn't have statistics on this page because it's sort of a weird city, right? It's not even it's, a city. It's, it's not, is it even well, part of the U.S.? It's a city, it's but a it district. doesn't have a state. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's its own entity or something. But I think maybe this is sort of related to D.C. They're the same area of the country. They're kind of, kind of sister cities. Or How far is Baltimore from uh, D.C.? It's probably less than an hour. Oh, okay. They share, so right they share a major airport. Baltimore had had uh, forty three point five murders per hundred thousand people. The top of the the cities that I looked at, which Did, were all the, the ones that I just mentioned. So Baltimore beat Detroit and pretty much just slayed Oakland. <laughs> just slay Oakland. Completely. They more than double our murders. God, that, that's that, that's impressive. If you watch, there's a show called The Wire. I'm not going to go into The Wire all that much, but it's all about crack dealing in baltimore and i think that's the driving factor is crack dealing gang warfare is uh marion barry remember the uh old crack smoking mayor from uh, he was, DC? The mayor was he from, from bal uh, okay i wonder Very if he well. was from baltimore he probably went to baltimore to buy his crack so baltimore is the most violent city in the u.s well back in 2004 but probably still is the I'm reigning sure champion right is. now i mean from what i can see i like i said i didn't have statistics for Statistics for DC. I didn't get Vegas. I don't think Vegas would be that high. No, yeah, I don't. I don't even think there's that many people there. No, where else? Yeah. Those were the cities I looked at. So we're 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 third. We're down. number three. We're number three by by far. We're not even close to the top two. You know, I really don't. We got it, a lot of catching up to do. I'm surprised about Baltimore because I really had no idea we, that Baltimore is that violent. Have you ever I've even never been there. About Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I, I really don't know anything about know, that city. Well, uh, what's his name? It's for John Waters is from Baltimore. So a lot of those uh, John Waters – is that his name? Yeah, John Waters that did uh, Pink Flamingos. Yeah, that guy. A lot of his movies are set in Baltimore because he's from there. That's all I know about it. 
Yeah, I, I really don't. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, though, that Detroit is that violent. I mean, Jesus, Detroit's been, like, probably one of the most violent cities for, I don't know, what, the past 20 years? I guess, yeah. I guess I, I just, I've just been away from Michigan for too long, and I, I just forgot what, you know a what, city, what a scary shithole it is. You know what city you probably should have included is that, or two, Miami and New Orleans. Yeah, it's a good point. I always thought New Orleans was supposed to be, like, one of the most dangerous cities. I'll have to do a follow-up next week. I, can I mean, get, I can get that for you, dude. especially after uh, Hurricane Katrina. But your statistics even go further than just the murder rate. Don't don't you break it down by um, like male, female victims? Like so, just in terms of Oakland, I don't really want to go into the other two cities. But uh, what's the male female ratio um, here? Well, just as you would expect, you know, eighty eighty four percent of the murders are are male, and the and the rest are female. God, why why are females so nonviolent? They're just not. <laughs> I know. They're they're nurturing. They don't like try and club your head in. See, that's what would suck if if Hillary Clinton was uh, president. There would be no wars. I mean, think how boring the news would be. Okay, John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I'm just saying. It's like you know, you vote for a female president. Boring. Yeah, but when Ma- Margaret Thatcher was no, the no prime invasion, minister, no invasion, no occupations. Wait, wasn't Margaret Thatcher a big like you know war hawk bitch? I don't think she was occupying Iraq back then, was she? What about the Falklands? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was Thatcher, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't even know what the Falklands are. <laughs> no, I think she had a penis, though, so I don't know if that counts. Does it count? She's a tranny? <laughs> At least she looked like it. But uh, So 84% male, that's actually not uh, that big of a surprise. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, there's some other... I can put the rest of the breakdowns on the, uh, on the internet. Uh, 75% of these murders are committed with a gun. Six percent knife, nineteen point three percent other weapons. Other weapons. Those are the interesting ones, I'm sure. Baseball bat. Just run over with a car. Morning star. Torched behind in a parking lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that other happens weapon. frequently. Nineteen percent though. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, garrot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. Um, also, I bet you like what, like ninety percent are gang related because in Oakland there's a lot of gangs. Yeah, I'm sure in Detroit I'm there's sure. a lot of gangs. Yeah, it looks like about 70% are between the ages of 18 and 35, so you, you would think that's... And I'm sure a high percentage had to do with a crack deal or two. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Like drug-related offenses? Heroin, crack. Yeah. Well, maybe we should put a link to the uh, statistics on the sick and wrong page, but uh, there to uh, satisfy your curiosity here, Oakland, number three. So the third most violent city. I feel like Mr. Wizard. Yeah, no, just dude. Dropping the science. Just sharing statistics. the knowledge here. You know, I wonder how we compare to like other uh, countries, like other uh, the capitals of other countries. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm over the research though. So. Yeah. <laughs> if oh, somebody else wants to send that in, that's cool. I'm sure. I'm sure Darfur is beating us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Genocide, uh, Baghdad. Genocide team, seem, teams to uh, bu- uh, just up uh, your doesn't really count. Well, uh, let's move on here. Podcast forty one. Um, uh, real quick, I wanted to get to uh, some statistics here on our own site. As you know, uh, we um, made a vote. I think we put up a vote, voting system. We're so democratic here on uh, Sick and Wrong. About people were saying, we want the MP3. Other people were saying, we want the M4A file with the pictures. And that's a relatively new phenomenon here on uh, Sick and Wrong. We just started adding pictures to the podcast. But I believe you can only view those pictures either in QuickTime or on uh, iTunes or with your iPod, right? Or in right? your iPod, right. So a lot of people with other MP3 players are saying, hey, you know, we want the MP3 right. um, format back. So uh, we're going to leave the voting open for another week. 
and then Podcast 42 will decide whether to continue using the M4A with pictures. So uh, keep voting, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Also, a new thing that we're doing now is we um, have the listener. Listeners have been sending in articles, so um, we figured we'd open up the competition to uh, myself, Wackerly, and a listener. We're going to have a weekly three-way is what you're saying. It's like a weekly menage, (laughs) menage a trois. So um, let's see. uh, Last week, I think I did – I don't even remember. What was my – my story is about the one-armed Scottish whore. Yeah, she got her arm ripped Uh, off. Wackerly did a story about a three-year-old being shot, and a listener sent in a story – about a dog being hung by his roommate. And uh, surprisingly, that listener got a lot of votes. Did he He almost beat you. No, I won. Oh. Two weeks in a row there, so I'm enjoying my MGD. But uh, (sighs) So I got 47 votes. Wackley came in with uh, 38, and the listener got 36 votes. You know, with the new voting procedure on the website, we've been getting a lot more votes now. If one of us gets beat by the listener, we should have to do something humiliating. Possibly. I, I, you know what I think we should do is get like a sick and wrong douche, like a sick and wrong monogram douche, and send it to him. It's like the douche award. Where do you get something like that? I don't know. I'm sure there's places that make those, don't you think? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> we just get like a little, maybe just get a sick and wrong sticker, stick it on a douche, and send it to him. That would work. It's like a little keepsake or something. Yeah. You so, got um, to buy the douche, though. So this week for Podcast 41, um, another listener sent in a pretty good article, so... um I say we let the games begin. I believe last week I started it, so um, yeah, Wackerly, I think I'm going to pass the mic over to you. All right. here at Podcast 41. Well, it's interesting that you asked me to go get the New Orleans death statistics. I should have because my story is about a couple of New Orleans deaths. Oh, recent deaths in New Orleans. Recent deaths in New Orleans. Thursday, uh, 18th It's a of violent October. city, I'm telling you. Yeah. Zachary Bowen uh, uh, jumped out of his eighth-story uh, hotel room balcony, landed on the uh, parking garage below. I don't think he ruined anybody's car, which is nice. Aim for the good. open space. Just fell just right on the concrete. Yeah, I think it happened at 8.30 p.m. Somebody somebody saw him. Actually, there was a camera that happened to be pointing at the balcony, and uh, you can see in the camera he sort of walks up to the edge, walks back, walks up, hesitating five or six times. Then he Ooh. you know, takes, Close the, circuit di- takes the final dive. And, you know, they should post those videos. They really should. On, uh, somewhere online. I'm sure they will. I mean, just to honor him. <laughs> Yeah, you As know, a service to his family, they should post them on the or internet. Or his family at least should put it on his MySpace page. But that's not really the most important, interesting part of the story. Because uh, apparently Zach Bowen's descent into darkness began more than two weeks ago, police and associates said, when he murdered his girlfriend two Ooh. weeks ago. His girlfriend's 30-year-old. unfolds. His, his girlfriend is 30-year-old Addie Hall. Um, he strangled her, her in their one-bedroom apartment over a French Quarter voodoo shop. Dude, I wonder, do you think, um, do you, I mean, do you think maybe he, like, became evil because they're living above a voodoo shop? No, I think when they say voodoo shop, it's, like, shitty uh, tourist trinket store like you'd find in uh, Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. Did you, did you ever see that movie with uh, Robert De Niro and Lisa Bonet where she gets naked? 
Angel was, uh, Heart. Angel Heart. Wasn't, yeah, did. did that have to do with voodoo, Santeria, or something that took place in Louisiana? The only thing I really remember from that is just vigorously masturbating to Lisa Bonet being naked. Oh, dude, I remember how excited I was because, dude, she was so hot on the Cosby yeah. show. It's like a blood orgy scene, too, isn't it? They have sex, and there's just, just blood spraying everywhere. Did she have sex with De Niro? Or now? No, uh, it's with Mickey Rourke. With Mickey Rourke, yeah. Disgusting. That, that guy gets all the ass. He's just gross, though. He is. Anyway. So they lived above a voodoo shop. I don't think it had anything to do with him strangling her. Um, I bet but you made maybe it, evil. it did. Yeah. Um, he left a suicide note explaining this whole thing. Um, and part of the suicide note, I should probably mention that this was a Katrina inspired love affair. <laughs> with, oh, okay. So they. The appropriate uh, outcome that that would, would entail. So what do you mean? Like they met? They met and, you know, first hooked up. Uh, the night that Katrina hit New Orleans. Wow, so it was like faded. So they they met. So you know, it it seems like they it, it makes sense that they'd have a tempestuous love. Well, listen to Bowen's uh, some excerpts from Bowen's uh, suicide note here. In the, in the suicide note, he confessed that for almost two weeks after the killing, he lived with the corpse of the woman who had rep- who who had repeatedly proclaimed her love for him. So hold on one second. Did the police find out about the murder through the suicide note? Exactly. So he committed suicide. They found a note like in his apartment. In, in the... He was living it up in a hotel room. I'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in, in the note, he confessed that he, he strangled this woman who was in love with him. They were, you know, these star-crossed lovers, apparently. He, sometimes you got to st- choke a bitch, though. <laughs> in those final <laughs> days, steps out of line. when he was living with the corpse, driven by an, driven by an accelerating madness... Underpinned by unrelenting fury and self-loathing that he did this, he dismembered her corpse, Ooh. baking her limbs in the oven, and cooking her head in a pot on the stove. Dude, this guy was all into voodoo. That's how the cops found her when they, they went to the apartment. So wait, she was baking in the oven like in a cake? Did he, <laughs> did he make her into a cake or I something? Think, a I Twinkie? think he remembered to turn the oven off before he left the apartment, but her cooked limbs were still in there, and her head was in the pot that it was boiled in. He was boiling her. What the hell? I mean, is that all, any way to dismantle a corpse? I guess he's not a serial killer. He's just a uh, whatever you call that. Yeah, it's passion. a passion. Crime yeah, of passion, crime of passion but, here. But it seems to be what you could do if you have a corpse and you you know you're bored. You boil the head. I always thought you're supposed would. to put like a lime on it or lye or whatever that is. Well. Couldn't you boil it first? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, dude, I swear to God, this guy was into voodoo. Here's some, here's some direct quotes from the uh, suicide note. This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol car to blah, 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 my apartment, you will find the dismembered corpse my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, <laughs> and in the fridge, along with full documentation on the both of us and full signed confession from myself, Conscientious. Nice. <laughs> He says, I scared myself not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I'd loved for one and a half years and then decimating her body. <laughs> this is very uh, florid language. But by my entire lack of remorse. Well, apparently he did have remorse. He well, I mean, himself. why would he? Yeah, he killed himself. So um, He decided to quit. I decided to quit my job and spend the $1,500 cash I had. Daddy Warbucks, <laughs> being happy until I killed myself. So that's cool. what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends. And apparently he put himself up in a hotel, you know, because you can't have a really good time when your girlfriend's boiled head is staring at you every time you go to get a beer. You know, if if you're going to go out, you might as well do it that way. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he lived it up on his 1500. Beats and then, life uh, in prison. Jump, jumped out of the hotel balcony onto the parking structure. So he was just, uh, like, bothered by all this guilt. And then ended up uh, 
committing suicide. Well, that, the cops haven't snuffing released, it. The cops haven't released the full suicide note yet. Just those couple of quotes I uh, just recited. But I, I'm interested to know what the argument was about. You think they were just all drugged up and irritable, and something just well, set them off? You know, as a matter of fact, I almost chose this article. I wanted to. I figured you're going to be all over this one now, dude. I called it. I know. I figured you claimed it. But in a in a story that I read, it sounded like they had met and uh, fell in love, started living together, which I always found is a big mistake. You move in with your girlfriend within a month. You're going to end up probably dismembering her corpse. Boiling her head. Yeah. You know, it's just no good's going to come from that. But they were always in, uh, in, in different battles and spats. Like, uh, I guess they both, like, he worked at a bar or something like that. Hell and, yeah. Uh, they, and so she would come hang out in the bar, and they would just get into fights left and right. And I, I, it was something along the lines of she found him cheating on her. And was trying to kick him out of the house. Well, that kind of annoys me. I, I always hate it when you go to a bar, and usually it's a girl bartending, and then her boyfriend is sitting down at the end of the bar. And, like, you can never fucking get served, because they're either fighting, or they're making out, or, you know, she's catering only to his friends. And no, they're, yeah. They're, it's like when a, when a bartender's significant other's in there, it's always a distraction. And plus, that bartender is not going to get a good tip with me if I'm not under the false impression that I'm going to get some ass from her. And yeah. if her boyfriend's there, that imp- that false impression is wiped out. It's completely shattered, definitely. But I, I guess they 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 got into fights like you know all the time. But um, I guess that's not uncommon in most relationships. But uh, and theirs was uh, particularly turbulent. But who would have you know? I, I think everyone was surprised though at the outcome. Yeah, nobody expected it. I, I saw pictures of them. They're both you know like attractive young thirty something people. It's like thirty something. I wonder, you know, I'm. I just wonder, like, what he was planning on doing with the corpse. Nothing. That's why he killed himself. <laughs> so he just left it in there and was just, just like, just you know like, what? I don't know what to do with this Fuck shit. It. I'm just going to kill myself. God, dude. That's uh, that's uh, that's pretty foul. Yeah, I don't know. On the sick and wrong scale, that involves uh, mutilation of a corpse, murder. Moving in with your girlfriend. Always, suicide. Always sick. <laughs> wrong. Always Which, uh, wrong. leads to suicide. Um, I'm going to have to give that pretty high. How about... Uh, 8.8. Dude, that is bullshit. This is at least a 9.2. 0.3. 9. 9.3. 9.3 on what basis? That there's boiling of a head. Yeah, I guess there is boiling of a head in there. Anytime a, bo- a corpse is dismembered and cooked in any manner, it's above a 9. Yeah. I, 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 okay, okay. I'm, I'm raising mine to a 9.1. Sucker. Yeah. Well, um. All right, what do you got? Well, let's see. I don't know um, if my story compares, but um, I'd like to think that I'm going to uh, beat you like uh, Paul McCartney beats his amputee wife. (laughs) All right, dude. (laughs) I'm not going to get into that, but I do find that really funny. Because, you know, people think, you know, they're going through this divorce and people are like, oh, yeah, Heather Mills, blah, blah, blah. She's an amputee. She's missing a leg. And you know Paul McCartney gets drunk and just beats the crap out of her. I I do not want to talk about this story until there's more information. But if you look at picture, she's big. She's bigger than him. I don't care if she doesn't have a leg. Dude. And she has a prosthetic. If she had it coming, she deserved it. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, I'd like to think that I'm going to beat you like McCartney. My story took place in uh, Brooklyn. So it's an East Coast story here, and it involves also bodily mutilation here, dismantling bodies. So um, 
Right now, there's a trial going on with, uh, with uh, some people that work for a funeral home. They call them cadaver cutters. And uh, so, th- so this happened in Brooklyn. Cadaver cutter Lee Cruceta shows how big jars were that contained human skin. He said he earned $185,000 a year cutting up remains and harvesting body parts. It took uh, Lee and his uh, cohorts 45 minutes to take out the bones, then another 15 minutes for the skin, arms, and belly according to a key figure in the uh, Brooklyn-based body-snatching case. So right now, this guy is uh, on trial with uh, his three associates for uh, body-snatching. Who, who are they selling this stuff to? See, that's interesting. There's a, uh, a huge transplant uh, movement going on right now. Body, body get, transplant. I thought you had to get those organs right when the person died, like at the accident scene. No, well, what they do is they're, they're what, what he's getting, and I, I'm going to get to this in a second, he's, right, he's harvesting the skin and the bones that will go into surgery and uh, the skins for uh, burn victims and stuff like that. Jesus. So all these organ transplant companies have been buying this stuff, and I guess this is kind of black market because what happened is if you donate your body, then they can take all your organs and whatever, take your remains. Right, organ donor. But these people um, never actually signed any permission slips, so they were just kind of illegally harvesting these bodies, which I do love that term. So uh, as new charges in the gruesome case loom, um, the uh, Daily News here, where I got the story from, got an unprecedented look at shocking new details. So uh, Lee, under oath here, was saying that we wore surgical gowns and caps. Lee is a cutter for the ring allegedly handed by ex-dentist Michael Mastromarino. Dude, you hate dentists, don't you? I do, especially now. Uh, We worked on embalming tables. Some were stainless steel. Others were just old porcelain. With matter-of-fact attachment, Cruceta noted that he and his fellow ghouls – I love how they keep using that term in this article. Is this from the New York Post or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're so busy, they often ate lunch or dinner in the dissecting room, (laughs) (laughs) which kind of cracks me up. Like, I wonder if that's common uh, with morticians. Like, it's like, dude, you know, I got like six bodies piling up here. I'm just going to have to eat my Big Mac at the table. Or if there's like a prankster guy in there and he'll like put a layer of dead skin on your sandwich and then tell you after you've eaten half of it. You're like, you dick. I could see you doing that, Wackily. Turkey's extra salty. But I also wonder, like, well, I wonder what they're eating. Do you think they're eating like Chinese food? <laughs> or manicotti? Mushu eyeball. Yeah. So uh, they did six or seven extractions a day. It would take 45 minutes to take out the bones, another 15 for the skin, the upper arm, lower arm, thigh, abdominal area, and more. Body parts were passed to an assistant who worked the back table, putting them in sterile bags and then coolers for transport. It's like a, it's like a meth lab in here. Is this after the funeral? I don't understand. No, this is before the funeral. What they, do they put in the casket? No, th- I'm getting to that. Sorry. So, um, or, so uh, the skin would be put in jars. A whole person's skin would fit in two jars about 16 inches, like 16 inches tall. Um, spines and large veins were removed. Later, the bodies, particularly those slated for open coffins, were filled with plumber's PVC pipe and then sewn together. <laughs> so they would just pretty much take off, like, all the, you know, they would take out all the organs, take out all the bones, and then just kind of stuff you full of PVC and tubing. But you know, I would, who, think, I would think old newspapers or sawdust would look more realistic. But then again, I'm not a body cutter, corpse cutter. <laughs> but you know, I wonder like who would really notice, anyways. But Those who knows? Crazy people who like lean in and hug the corpse and then like poke the it and be yeah. like, uh, 
Why is he making a styrofoam-like noise? Yeah. It's like bubble wrap. Yeah. He's like peanuts, popping. packing peanuts. Yeah. So uh, Cruceta was uh, 33 years old, and he said the job was a financial windfall for him. He said he went from earning fifty grand a year as a nurse to making $185,000 a year as a body cutter. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he became Lucrative. a player, dude. You could just tell. This guy probably got into drugs. Bitches. I bet you just fancy had a cars, massive gold rings on his hands. Hanging with P. Diddy. No, you know, he probably did. So um, they were indicted earlier this year on 122 counts of body stealing, grand larceny, forgery, racketeering, and other charges. According to the indictment, more than 1,000 corpses were harvested from area funeral homes without permission from the next of kin. Uh, there are no consent forms. And uh, medical histories were forged, concealing disease and substance abuse. So a lot of these organs that uh, were sent to these different transplant places, you know, came from people who were diseased. Yeah. That which, sucks. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that's just, uh, that's just kind of foul. So uh, his lawyers are claiming that he's 100% innocent. He said, in retrospect, this is what his lawyer said, in retrospect, my client, was he naive? Yes. Was he dumb? Probably. Is he a criminal? I think not. He's more like a mechanic. Basically, a recycler. Yeah. So uh, the scheme harvested corpses at funeral homes for bones, skin, cardiac valves, and other part body parts for sale into the burgeoning transplant business. The skin was sold in sheets and went to burn victims. Heart valves, veins, and arteries went to cardiac patients. Uh, bone, tendons, and ligaments were sold for dental implants and orthopedic procedures, which um, is just kind of foul. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, more than 10,000 people in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. received uh, these body parts. And, you know, it's funny to me because I was thinking, like, you know, who gets body parts? Why would you ever need body parts? But then j just recently, uh, a good friend of ours, Big Jer, uh, dislocated his shoulder. And uh, I guess what he did is he fractured the ball and the ball and socket of his shoulder. Right. And they said they might need to replace the ball with the uh, with bone fragments from a cadaver. Yeah. So I, I still am watching out for Big Jer because I think the next time I see him, he's going to have some like criminal arm and it's going to reach out to choke me because it's going to be like the spirit of the shoulder guy, who, the dead guy. Well, you remember that got. movie, Body Parts? Vaguely. Isn't That's that probably where happened? I got the idea. Yeah, it's like he got a, a, an evil arm attached to his body. Yeah. It's like Bob Dole. Bob Dole didn't Bob Dole like, lose his arm or something or is an evil arm? I think it was just evil to begin with. Yeah, something like that. Maybe so, they replaced it with a good person's arm and it sort of calmed him down a little bit. But he's still evil. So funeral home directors in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania were paid $1,000 per corpse. The parts from each corpse netted the operation as much as twenty grand. So they would get twenty grand per corpse. And, I mean, think of it. They were doing over 1,000 corpses you know, a year. So the bones, tibia... Fibia, femur, humerus, radia, and ulna went for five grand. Pelvis, tendons, ligaments, another five grand. Skin, another five thousand dollars. Spines, veins, valves. You're already up to twenty. So as you can see, this is a quote: "We were making some good money." <laughs> Hard it's to just, say no to that. It's just kind of nasty. You were saying that they had uh, refrigerators and two big freezers, and you could fit parts from ten to twelve bodies in each of these freezers. He said, most places we work, most of the funeral homes were in low-income areas. And I thought the funeral directors gave the family some sort of financial incentive to donate. Bullshit. <laughs> Fucking liar. Like a discount on cremation or maybe a free casket. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah what a liar. That. Yeah, I don't know. Another guy, uh, one of his associates said he had been under pressure from an organized crime figures. 
but authorities could not substantiate those claims, which it actually kind of cracks me up, too. You know, the mob's really branching out now. It's like they used to just be in waste management. Now it's just like, let's get into the corpse industry here. I think this this guy's defense should be, Your Honor, I just really like money. (laughs) (laughs) And I was making 185 grand off this. And uh, what can I say? I couldn't say no. Well, they all claim that they're completely innocent. They, They claim that they weren't breaking any laws. Because uh, they thought that they, you know, these bodies were being donated to them. Yeah. Or were giving an incentive. Yeah, I'm sure they thought that. <laughs> they so, just keep coming through the door. So in summation, the reason I find this sick and wrong is just the fact that it was deceitful. And second of all, just the, the, the uh, plaintive, like, matter-of-fact tone the dude uses to discuss this. He's like, yeah, you know, we were just harvesting corpses, cutting off skin, removing spine ligaments, stuffing them into jars. It's like instead of drug peddling, they're corpse peddling. Right. I'm sure you get desensitized to it very quickly. I know. It's just it's just weird to me to think that it's like, you know, you run an organ transplant business. And you're like, yeah, I got to go uh, meet with my supplier. So do you think there's people who died who are Christian or whatever and believe in this stuff? So and they, uh, you know, they die, their body's intact. They all of a sudden appear in heaven and they look down and they don't have any skin or anything. They're just kind of like <laughs> they're just stuff they full of sawdust. A, a face. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't just know. A head. I don't know. What the fuck, man? So on the sick and wrong scale, I guess they weren't murdering people, but they were harvesting corpses here. I'm gonna have to give that just just in terms of the creativity here, the creativity scale, the originality of this article. I have to give it an eight point five. Yeah, I think these guys should have hooked up with those grannies who were, uh, you know, plying, killing the homeless yeah, people. killing the homeless people because the grannies' revenue stream was for the, from the insurance policy. They could have gotten an added revenue stream from all the bits and pieces. And those corpses were fresh, probably. Right. Well, they could have coordinated delivery. Yeah, they could have done something. I'm gonna give it a eight point eight. Eight point eight. Ooh, yeah. that's that's kind of high. Just because of the volume that they are doing. And you know this, the, is, this isn't like a guy who sold three corpses. It was just a shitload, right? You know, I wonder if the dude was bragging about it, like if he was picking up chicks, being like, "Yeah, so what do you do for a living?" Uh, that, I'm in the uh, corpse harvest industry. I wouldn't put it past him, but I don't think it probably would work very well with the ladies. I don't know. I'll, I'll put a picture on the website. The guy looks like a real goomba. He's just, <laughs> hey, seriously, <laughs> that's real... racist. Okay, all right. I'm in a Guido. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, well, moving on here, the uh, third article, uh, which is sent in from a listener named Brad, who seems to be a big fan of ours. He uh, sends in. To hear. Yeah, he. Um, Always votes consistently and uh, sends in uh, several articles a week. So um, we received – it's funny because now, now that we've started doing this, we only in one podcast, like Podcast 40, do we receive like 10 articles. So it's kind of hard to uh, make the decision as to which one we should do on the show. But I think this one took the cake. Uh, seriously, this one uh, far, supa- like far surpassed the other articles. So this came in from uh, Brad. Oh. Developmentally disabled man sodomized at bowling alley. Isn't that a great headline? Yeah, I'm a little scared. So this also happened on the East Coast, Shirley, New York. Uh, Two youths followed a a developmentally disabled maintenance man, i.e. Tard, into the bathroom of the bowling alley where he worked and sexually abused him with a plumbing snake. Wait, how old were the perpetrators? Uh, It says here that they were 17 and 19. Oh, those kids. Yeah, kids today. You can't take the boy out of the kid or something like that. (laughs) They seriously injured him. I don't know, wayward youths, seriously. So uh, the 21-year-old worker 
who was developmentally disabled, who worked at AMF Bowling Center, Shirley Lanes, was held down by one of the youths and sodomized with the plumbing tool by the other in the Sunday night attack. The youths forced the plumbing snake, which, have you ever seen those things? You ever had your toilet plunged by one of those? I've seen them, yes. I used to do that for in college. You used to plumb toilet? You used to, like, actually have to go and remove clogs from toilets with a yeah, snake? Yeah, yeah. Let's not speak of it. It was not a good time. <laughs> I had no idea. How how long are those things? It's like 10 feet long, aren't they? Uh, it depends. Some of them are longer than others, but some of them come on a big spool. You can actually just reel it out. Some well, of them are only like five or six feet long. It sounds like they had the one where you could actually reel because they used force the plumbing snake, which is used to unclog drains, into the worker's rectum and spun Nearly it. killed him. <laughs> spun it several times, causing him severe pain, internal injury, and bleeding. Uh, they said the worker, police said the worker was sadistically assaulted. Not only sexually, just sadistically assaulted. <laughs> so the two youths, Stephen... It wasn't tender and loving. <laughs> no. Sexual sodomy. <laughs> this was sadistic. The two youths, Stephen Rodriguez and uh, Michael Lunsford here, uh, 19 and 17 respectively, were arrested this week and charged with aggravated sexual abuse. But what I don't understand is, who would they brag about this to? Like, why would you do this? Unless you were a sadist. I have no clue. I mean, obviously, kids usually do do some like you know, rash stunt like this to brag about it well, to get yeah, bragging to rights. Their friends. But who are they going to impress? It's like, yeah, dude, we uh, sodomize this retarded guy with a snake with a plumber snake. What? <laughs> exactly. And what pisses me off about this is I feel some real sympathy for this retarded guy because retarded people can't find too many jobs. And when I and you know, it's a friend of mine once said that the best Taco Bell burrito he ever had was made by a retarded guy at a Taco Bell in mid-Michigan. Yes, I've heard this theory before. And my theory is is that retarded people don't have that many jobs. So when they do actually get a job, they do a damn good job at it. It's the pinnacle for them. Exactly. That's, that is their, you know, they're self-actualized when they reach the Taco Bell. They're, they're not going to get, yeah, they're not going to get any further than that because they're retarded. So when this a retarded dude, person is making your burrito or mopping out the toilets at the bowling alley, they take as much pride in that as a, as, brain, a surgeon. as a brain surgeon does when he opens up your skull and is poking around in there. Exactly. And so like, you know, you go to this Taco Bell. I remember I went to this one in mid-Michigan and actually it was in Bay City, Michigan. And you'd get the best bean burrito because it was made with love. It was made with love Tired by a retarded love. guy who loved his job. Whereas, like, you go to a Taco Bell in, you know, in Oakland, and it's like, what, you get that ghetto burrito. Right. You know, it's like people just don't even care because they're like, whatever, dude, this job sucks. Yeah. But retards can't, you know, retards don't have the mental capacity to realize how bad it sucks. So when there's fuckheads, like these two youths, sodomizing retards at bowling alleys, thus, he's preventing me from getting a good burrito. That's or, all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is just like it's unfair. Leave the retards alone. So, you can make um, fun of them. Yeah. Go right but ahead. But don't sodomize. <laughs> but just please don't sodomize Let the retards. Let them do their jobs. That's all we're saying. Exactly. So uh, they're both both arraigned uh, this Thursday morning, and uh, yeah, they're both being held in uh, prison right I now. I wonder what they're telling the, the judge to mitigate their circumstances. Yeah, I don't I even imagine. know what type of defense imagine. that uh, they're going to use. So on the sick and wrong scale, since I personally have uh, some deep convictions about this, I'm going to have to give this at least an 8.6. It's high. <sighs> Nobody died. He wasn't He wasn't sodomized with, like, you know, a, a penis. <laughs> he wasn't sodomized. It was I don't think creativity. Dude, the plumber snake. Yeah, you know, you're how many, right. how many times has that happened? All right, I'll give it an 8.7. 
All right, but we invite you to vote, the listening audience. Sigarongpodcast.com. Just uh, scroll down, and we have a new voting system in place. See who decides who uh, will get who wins this week for Podcast Forty One. There's also a new uh, button that allows you to vote for our show on Podcast Alley, which is like fifty percent bigger than the old button. Oh, right underneath it. Yeah. yeah. So you you guys should go and click there if you couldn't see the button before, or if you're having problems getting your mouse to aim for the button. It's bigger now, so it's easier to vote for the show. So go vote right there. Sickwrongpodcast.com. Is it the uh, guy who uh, cut up his butchered his girlfriend in New Orleans? Is it my article, the body harvesters, or is it uh, the article sent in from Brad here about the dude who uh, sodomized some retards? Towards the end of the show, we usually discuss listener email, and I think we're running out of time, so I'm going to have to do this kind of quickly. But uh, we, we received several emails. Uh, one, one in particular came from a guy who uh, is a Canadian fan here of Sick and Wrong. He said he loves the show, looks forward to it every week. He has listened since we started, and he wishes we would podcast more often, maybe a midweek show as well. No. <laughs> Dude, there's no way that would ever happen. No. And contrary to popular belief, we actually do have lives outside of the Sick and Wrong studio. Not I mean, a lot. Much. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not much, but uh, yeah, I, I do get laid. And the fact that I get laid prevents me from doing more than one podcast. Doing one show a week is like playing hard to get, relieving you wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on here, we got another email that we've been putting off as well, which I just kind of want to go through because it's kind of funny. It came from Aaron in uh, Ireland, sent it to us a couple weeks ago. So uh, one of our common themes here on Sick and Wrong is uh, we discuss trailer trash, white trash. We and, haven't touched on it in a while, though, like three months or so. Yeah, it's been a few podcasts. Yeah. But we talked about um, in the past we've spoken about like different terms for uh, white trash throughout the world. And uh, – we got a pretty good response from people sending us articles from, you know, sending us uh, terms from uh, all over the world. So, um, yeah, you know, this one came a little late, but it's always nice to revisit a uh, popular topic. So this came from uh, Aaron here in Ireland. He says he's originally from uh, Canada, but he moved to Dublin a few years ago. He said Ireland's a mad place, pretty much the largest bunch of alcoholics ever and a fairly fucked up place. But it's small, so there's not a lot of uh, mad shit that's going on. So I don't think there's a lot of violence there. I don't think it ranks up there with Oakland or uh, Detroit. But he did want to point out that uh, the Pikes, uh, gypsies, as they're referred to in the UK, who we had talked about in the past as being from the UK, are actually from Ireland. They're descendants from Ireland. So Pikes come from Ireland. So most of them are Irish. He said it's funny because in England they call uh, white trash chavs, which we've discussed. In Scotland they call them neds or netties. The pikeys are a totally different thing. They aren't just white trash, but they consider themselves to be a different race. So if you remember the movie Snatch, Brad Pitt, right? he was at uh, 
unintelligible Irish guy. Yeah, you can't tell what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, he was a pikey. So he said in Ireland they call them travelers, which is the politically correct term. You see, in Ireland they have anti-discrimination laws to protect the travelers. They call them travelers because these people live in caravans and drive around the country, pulling up anywhere they want, setting up camp for a while. Uh, caravan is much like a mobile home or a trailer that uh, your Yankee white trash live in, except they are smaller and can be towed behind Toyota vans, which apparently <laughs> is what all the travelers drive. It's funny because I was thinking about that. Most of the trailers in uh, the U.S. don't have wheels. I don't no. think we can afford them. No, the a trail. What we would call a trailer here is something you put it up on, like a semi cinder block tractor trailer <laughs> thing. Yeah, if you had to move it ever, I just it is movable. But it's a you can't just you know turn the key and go. I just don't think you can pull it with your uh, bitching Camaro. You know no. your nineteen eighty one. What Camaro. he's saying we would call in the states. What he's talking about is a camper. So yeah, a camper caravan. So he said most people in Ireland call the travelers either knackers or tinkers, which I've uh, never heard that uh, term. Uh, nowadays, these tinkers, knackers, or travelers drive around till they find somewhere to stop, set up camp, go about fucking the place up, robbing anything they can get their hands on, from power tools to horses, turning the place into a complete garbage dump till they get sick of it, and then they fuck off to the next town. Uh, most of the travelers can't read or write, don't have jobs, are all on welfare, don't pay any taxes, and live in large family groups, and all have the same family name, either Cash, Connors, or O'Donohue. Or something along those lines. It's kind of funny. I wonder if uh, Johnny Cash came from... Uh, you think Johnny Cash, you could trace maybe. that line? Yeah, maybe. So, I think that Cash might be a fake name for Johnny Cash. <laughs> so Aaron claims that they actively marry their first cousins and arrange weddings with dowries consisting of horses and money, etc. How do you have a horse if you're just driving around in a trailer? Where's the horse go? I, I don't know. Maybe someone rides the horse alongside the trailer or something? Maybe. Uh, so... If it leads me to believe there must be a lot of inbreeding going on here. Well, yeah, first cousin marriage. So you can kind of see the origin of the leprechaun. I bet <laughs> you a lot of these people probably give birth to like four-foot Irish, you know, birth defects. Are you thinking of the leprechaun like in that horror movie, The Leprechaun? Yeah, Leprechaun Goes to Space. You ever see it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn good movie. So they don't send their kids to school for the most part because they're always moving around. If they did go to school, they would usually get the shit kicked out of them for being knackers, which um, actually quite, you know, that, that happens in the U.S. as well. We tend to uh, beat up some of the white trash, although the white trash are kind of tough. Well, yeah, they band together. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of clansmanship. Well, not clansmanship with a K, but just clannish behavior with a C. So uh, he mentions that the best part is they actually talk of themselves as if they are a different race, and they even have their own language called the gammon not that you'd be able to understand them when they speak english so you know what they're they kind of remind me of carnies so in the u.s we have we must distinguish like differentiate trailer trash from carnies because carnies are white trash around with carnival yeah and but i mean they're definitely white trash i mean they're all toothless and inbred yeah but you're kind of glad when the carnies come to down because they bring the carn with them yeah it sounds like it sounds like in Ireland, the the, the whatever the knackers come around, and you just you see them drive into your town, and you just say, "Oh fuck!" I know. I, I don't want them in here. for like three months of them just destroying your neighborhood. But you know how the carnies, when they would come to uh, Michigan, would have their own language. They'd sleep, you know, with their. They'd stay with their own people, right? 
And they like they they would try to get you to come over and play the ring toss and be like, now 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 two dollars. Yeah, you're like, okay, I don't know what you just said, but well, that guy's have, speaking carny. Plus, their eyes are always looking off in two different directions, and you so you they're sort of yelling at you, but you don't really know if they're talking to you or not because they're looking in other directions. Yeah, it's interesting. Finally, I want to end this here by saying that uh, he mentions that when the knackers have funerals, the whole family will show up in whatever town the funeral is in. And you can have like 300 to 400 knackers show up for a funeral and the town has to shut down. They get really drunk for funerals and then there are always problems. And sometimes there's serious family grudges or tribal grudges between some of these knackers that uh, dates back for generations. So sometimes when a family group shows up in some town, there's already a group of knackers from another family group camping near that town. Troubles flare up and they have these huge gang fights with all sorts of weapons, slash hooks, chains, knives. And What's some a pretty, slash hook? Yeah, I don't even know. I'm cool. picturing, yeah, like a scythe or something. I don't know. They also Some have a bare knuckle boxing. Blade. They also have a bare knuckle boxing championship every year called the King of the Knackers, and the winner gets a hundred thousand pounds. And he's crowned King of the Knackers for a year. Didn't they have something like that in Snatch as well? I don't remember. I just remember Brad Pitt was like a bare knuckle fighter. But yeah, I would totally go see that. Actually, as a matter of fact, I was thinking they should televise that or at least put up uh, something online. Pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, it'd be better than UFC. Yeah, it would. Definitely. Well, I'd like to thank Aaron for sending in this enlightening bit of information here. Very Um, comprehensive. Yeah, very comprehensive. It's definitely one of the longer emails I think we've received in a while. If I was a professor, I would give that essay an A. I would give it a 9.9. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Aaron, for sending that in. And people, we encourage all, everyone, all of you to uh, send us emails, Podcast at uh, hotmail.com. Finally, we need to wrap up the show here. Um, I, I believe last week, Podcast 41, I mentioned this band called the Amish Armada. This is so, Podcast um, 41. Last week was oh, 40. 40, yeah. yeah. I mentioned uh, the, the band called the Amish Armada. So uh, let's just close with one of their songs. I guess uh, one of our listeners is a big fan of the band, so we might as well close with one of their songs. I like them. So until next week, smell you later. Bye. <laughs>